0: Hey there, listener. Do you have something to say? Then you're already a podcaster. You just don't know it yet. Whether you love to shoot the breeze with friends, have an urge to share your passions with the world, or even want to grow your business, you've got something worth saying with a podcast. With Acast, it couldn't be easier to start your own show. Launch, grow, and make money from your podcast across all listening platforms. If you have something to say, you're a podcaster. Head over to acast.com to get started for free.
1: And we're live. We got Tim in the building. Tim, how you doing?
2: Outstanding. Yeah. It's great to be in the presence of such fine gentlemen again. Oh, great to have you
1: here. Great to have you here. KD, welcome.
3: Welcome. Thank you. Great to have. Uh, great to be here. Nice to have Tim on the show, and I'm really excited about the show.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. This is gonna be one for the books for sure. Uh, we'll dive right in. Get to it. Waste no time. Tim, if you want to just kind of give your credentials or a little backstory or something, I just real kinda quick, quick flash. Yeah. for you guys were- yeah, how, <laughs> how smart are? You? How smart are you? Should we really trust your word? You know.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can just lie about how smart I am or not smart I am. <laughs> Uh, So like they said, my name is Tim. We all served in the Army together. (laughs) I don't know how far back you want to go, but I have taken way too many college credit hours. I think I've accumulated like four associate degrees, two bachelors, A&P license, a lot of life experience. Worked in the oil fields for a stint, worked in the mining industry for a stint. I mean... I, don't, I mean, I don't know how in-depth you want to go with it.
1: You name
2: it! <laughs> yeah, and those associates in... So, I got a, a degree in psychology with a minor in philosophy. I just finished up a degree in sociology. I have an associate in mathematics. General studies, interdisciplinary studies. I'm. Let's just put it this way. I'm interested in a lot. And uh, I pursue a lot. Knowledge is the end state. So, it's kind Save of me this. in a nutshell. And how did,
3: how did you- how did you meet Trevor and I? Do you want to go to that real quick?
2: Yeah, so I was already in uh, the unit whenever they got there. So I kind of, I don't know if I would say mentored them, but I kind of took them under my chicken wings when they got in. Saw potential, definitely had potential. They surpassed what I accomplished in the short period of time. And as a leader, so to speak, that's all you can really hope for. I know Daylor, when he first showed up, he was struggling with some weight and whatnot, couldn't run the best within a few few years, uh, he was running marathons in school. He got his wife into school. Uh, Trevor, same way. Young, uh, needed a little bit of guidance, a lot of potential. Could talk, man. He would talk a lot of shit, but had a lot of potential. Um, Saw it, kind of mentored him, kind of helped him pick his battles, what to fight for, what not to fight for. Me and Trevor talked a lot about psychology, uh, philosophy, Um, and I definitely appreciate you guys throughout the years coming back and reaching out for my advice because that means it's worth something to at least you guys, which makes me feel important, relevant, I guess. So I guess that's how I know these two dudes.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely a relevant person in my life. (laughs) Showed up uh, age 19, not too much life experience at all, brand new to – really the world luckily enough came across Tim like you said we talked about psychology a lot that was uh kind of one of the first interests i had outside of like the army and life like the first thing i dove into on my own really so it was pretty sweet coming into work being able to talk to Tim about like uh what i just read or whatever um Taylor if you want to say anything
3: Yeah. So what I really enjoyed about Tim, there was another guy we worked with called uh, Chris and he was, he was a very similar person. And that kind of like what I would regard as like a mentor, but what I thought was really cool about these guys is that they weren't the type to just like give you an idea, you know, and kind of let you off. Like for me, it was um, like fitness and stuff. Like I knew kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to lose weight, but then like I didn't really know how to take actionable steps to accomplish that. So that was where, you know, Tim and Chris really helped me a lot was like, they showed you, okay, here's the ways that you can actually improve, like start going to college, getting that set up. Here's how to track your macros and how to eat. Here's how to lift weights. Here's how to like, look at life a little bit differently, how to talk to people, especially you, Trevor. Like when you first got there, I wanted to throw you off a roof and I'd be like, talking to everyone i'd be like dude how what do i do with this dude like he's got a, such a fucking mouth for him and i'm like oh my god dude um and they, i'm glad i listened because like you know i i really you know value our friendship now but like holy crap did you annoy the hell out of me man but yeah. um no, I'm, I'm really glad i had people like tim and chris in my life to kind of show me like you, you shouldn't really write off people just because you don't really you don't really jive with them where they're currently at you know you can you can really affect people's lives and help, you know, change them and then you kind of grow together. And that's what uh that's what I really appreciated about those guys. So yeah, without that, we can kind of get into it.
1: Yeah, real quick just to kind of give kind of the listeners who Tim is as a person. Um I went I was deep down in the slumps, went to one of my buddies and I was just kind of saying, like, like how do I how do I get this persona of like this? trade of confidence without seeing like a seeming like a douche pretty much because in my eyes it was like i need i know 100 i need confidence but i know the people that have too much confidence and i don't like those people so where's where's the fine medium and or the the middle of it and marshall another dude that worked with us he said take tim for example when you're around tim or or tim is in the presence people don't People don't have to say he has confidence. People don't have to say he knows what he's talking about. He presents himself that way. And presents himself in a manner that you you wanna display that as well almost. So, and and there's be- definitely been times mentors, just just such an understatement. Role model is another one. I mean, it's it could go on and on. I asked him for financial advice and he emailed me his budget that he uses with him and his wife. His wife has helped me out a tremendous amount just with him, tagging along, just just leading me through life. So definitely a person who's willing to help, definitely uh, ready to pick his brain. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. So uh, with all that said, I guess we'll dive into uh, the first one I wanted to dive into, and it's how to stop yourself from assuming. I think it's pretty safe to say everyone knows uh, the kind of general – Assuming makes an ass out of you and me. And I know this rule, but I still, day-to-day basis, find myself just assuming, assuming, assuming. So I want to know how you guys stop yourself and kind of what steps you take or things you think of midst assumption to steer yourself away from kind of finishing it. Can I
2: kick it off again? Um, You want to or you want me to? Yeah. You got uh, some, I can go. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, for me, the biggest thing is self awareness. Like you got to know when you're assuming, because if you don't, if you're that disconnected with yourself, then you don't even realize you're making assumptions. So, step one is be self aware in all things, especially things that are monotonous, routine that you experience all the time, and you even have to be aware of what you aren't aware of. Like for example, us, we we're born in the U.S., we know like the customs, courtesies. The societal norms of the U.S. and there's because my wife and I have had the you know the opportunity to travel so much. Sometimes you take those beliefs and ideals other places, and you quickly realize that it just doesn't work that way in their culture. So step number one for me is to be self-aware, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter how self-aware you are, you're still going to find yourself making assumptions, and it's typically after the fact. So either one, once that assumption is made, you have to reconcile with it. Like go up, don't, don't like stew with whoever it may be or whatever it may be with. So like, if it's me making an assumption that my wife did something that she didn't and then come to find out she didn't actually do it, but I believe she did. We just go ahead and nip it in the bud. They're like, hey, you know, I thought you did this. You didn't do it. I'm sorry that I jumped to that conclusion. And then uh, the second thing with that, I would probably say – go ahead, Kevin. It will come back to me.
3: I was just going to say I wonder that something popped into my head is like would you guys say that an assumption and then just like a gut instinct are necessarily different things? Because to me they kind of seem correlated. Like all that your gut instinct is is just your thousands of years of evolution – kind of helping you to live pretty much, right? So it's like we, we talk about assumptions, and there's a lot of them that can be negative. But like to me, I can see some of the assumptions that would probably be something that would be wise to assume. So like if I'm a young guy walking onto a car lot, you know, outside of a military installation, it would probably wise to assume that they're probably going to try and take advantage of me. And I, well, I, mean, I just –
2: you, you wouldn't have that assumption without experience. Like You wouldn't know unless someone had told you, hey, typically people in the military, if you go off post, young single guy, the likelihood of you getting taken advantage of is high. Take Walton, for example. He yeah. knew. He still did. So, I mean, just because those assumptions – I agree with you. I think there are – I think there's a difference between assumptions and gut feelings gut feelings is almost like a natural instinct. When you know you're in danger, when that fight or flight, that adrenaline's starting to peak. To me, there's a difference between that and an assumption. You know, when you're in, in like physical danger, and you're like, this could turn out really yeah. bad. <clears throat> versus, I don't really know if I like the way this dude's tone is or how they're approaching this. So I'm gonna assume they have malicious intent. So for me, there they can be one and the same, but they're all. So pretty divided, in so, my
1: opinion. Dan, I'll tell you where I, my mind went. So when Tim was talking, yeah, I mainly thought, uh, subconscious. are they tied to subconscious mind? Because that is a better Your subconscious mind are, are your thoughts already that you don't think of. So your assumption, assumptions are almost that. And step one is becoming conscious about it, like Tim said. So I think that would be a... How- you know what i'm
2: saying so how does it how does it get to your subconscious yeah reputation? like yeah so so many times that's just what you've ingrained all things will be this and it, i mean it could be anything all all snakes are poisonous therefore you must kill, kill all snakes i mean it's just something like once you you get in that mindset and it's a fixed mindset i mean it's just going to become an assumption until you get into a growth mindset and to be able to realize like, hey, maybe not all snakes are bad. Maybe these snakes are actually killing the mice that are chewing the wires to my my house or my barn. So, I mean, you just have to, I, from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset is a is a common way of putting it. it at least that's the way I kind of see it.
1: So you also talked about, uh, you used the example with your, your wife nipping it in the butt and all that. Yeah. Kind of wanted to touch on the reverse side. So what, Let's just say, what would you do if your wife assumed and you kind of feel like she assumes? Is that another situation where is that your approach every time? Just go straight up, say it because personally, like I believe, yeah, truth is going to work every time, every single time, 10 times out of 10. So, yeah, I'm going to go up and say, look, I I think you assume this or I think the issue went wrong is here or like even last night, uh, my girlfriend wanted to cook dinner and hang out to me. I thought hang out was like sit down watch TV. So in my mind I, I thought I would be thinking. So I came home and played video games instead. I texted her, "Hey, I'm going to play a game or two." And that was my reasoning is cuz I kind of want to like forget about everything. And she took offense to that because she she was like, "So hanging out with me isn't hanging out with me isn't uh like relaxing pretty much." <clears throat> And so now we both have assumed like, and it all started off my one assumption that our hangout would be sitting here watching TV when really she wanted to cook dinner, go do this, go do this. So it all kind of boils down to communication. I think that's the biggest thing in relationship, but if you guys want to touch on that, you guys are both married.
3: That's the downside (laughs) about like assumptions is that when you assume something, you're really kind of shutting that door to communication. So like for me personally, like if my, when my wife would do something that pissed me off, right, I would just get mad about it because I assumed that she should know, you know, what pisses me off or, like, that I would get mad at her for doing something. Like, to me, it was it, it was entirely obvious, right? But, like, she wouldn't know what I was uh. like it, it's, it seems like such an obvious thing.
2: Yeah. No, I 100% agree with both of you guys. Communication is number one. And um, our marriage, a little backstory about me, I never thought I was going to get married. I never did. I was like, my longest relationship before I met my wife was four months. I called it the four-month curse. And it, there was just always something that I was like, man, <laughs> this annoys the shit. This chick sucks. <laughs> it's just not and, – and it's usually like one attribute or just one thing that I'm like, man, this is terrible. And then once you identify it, you kind of hyper-focus on it. And so that's all you can see about that person. But anyways, I met Brittany – and it was different. I was like, dang, I can actually, you know, someone who's real, genuine, just a real person. And uh, uh, me, my, one of my fatal flaws is growing up, uh, kind of with the way my situation was growing up, I internalized everything. If it pissed me off, if it made me happy, it didn't matter. All emotions got shoved way down deep, and I was like, I was just this all the time. And that, that annoyed Brittany. She's like, "I need to know when you're upset, I need to know when you're happy. I need to know how you show love." So I need to know these things.:
1: <laughs> When you pushed them down deep, did you realize you were doing it? Like did you, did you consciously say, "Fuck all this, I'm not going to deal with it?" or were you dealing with it just not telling her?
2: Both, probably. And more so <clears throat> when I was angry. She knew she w- after we had been dating for seven, eight months, she knew when I was upset. And then she would want to talk about it because communi- she identified. She knew how important communication was. I didn't want to talk about it. So she would talk. It was a very one-sided conversation. She was trying to pull it out of me all the time. And I, I'm not making this up when I would just sit there and stare at her, almost through her, until she was done. And it, it would get to like two hours of her like trying every single tactic she could think of to pull it out of me. And I would just sit there. And I was like, are you done? Can we go to sleep now? And I just, we just wouldn't address it. That's just how I was raised. I was like, I'm not going to – I'm just not. And uh, definitely as I've gotten older, we've been married for nearly seven years now. It's, a, it's almost instant now, like what you were saying. If I make an assumption, she makes an assumption. We both make assumptions. It's like, hey, I think this is what you meant by that, and uh, I don't like that. Or you just did this, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you know you didn't have to take the garbage out, but you did. Thank you. Because you saw that I was doing something. Yeah. So so it goes <laughs> both ways there. And communication and just being able to express your emotions. Uh, within reason. We talked about stoicism. I know me and you have Trevor quite yeah, a bit. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll dive we'll dive into that for sure.
2: But anyways, that's that's kind of what my take on that. Communication always talk- has to be number one. We we'll touch on something like real
3: quick, if I could. Um so like I would do the same thing as Tim, right? But like when my wife would try and get out of me why I was mad, it almost made me even more mad because like in my head, you should know, you know, like how can you not know that you've that you've upset me like in doing whatever. Right. But like in her mind, obviously, she wasn't intentionally trying to piss me off or upset me or, you know, get me angry. And so her behavior, like she didn't associate what she was doing with something negative because like obviously that wasn't her intentions. And it's, it's like it didn't really occur to her that a good intention like act could lead into something negative and it wasn't until like i'm like okay this is not going to solve anything if i just sit here and fucking stare at her and be pissed off you know it's there's a time i think we all have to kind of accept the fact that like you have to be a little bit vulnerable in these in these situations and that's where you really progress
2: yeah 100% Bridge.
3: No, I'm saying it's like, it's Prince. hard to be vulnerable dude. Cause, no, like, uh, obviously
2: no one likes it. Yeah. <clears> but the, <throat> the, the irony is for me, I'm the same way. It didn't necessarily make me mad or more angry, but it was just like, for me, it does not take very long for me to get over something. And it's almost like I was upset for 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, we're good. Let's drive on. But most people don't operate that way. So whenever someone else is still angry, I'm well past it. I'm then I get angry that they're angry. Yeah. I'm like, can you not just get over it? Like, yeah, no. So I that's apologize, actually. Apologize. Let's drive on.
1: Yeah, that's so. My first marriage, that was like the biggest issue. Was like my, I would get angry. I saw the problem. I saw the answer. But to this person who didn't grow up the way I did, or doesn't doesn't have the knowledge I have, doesn't see it my way at all. <clears throat> they don't know what's blatantly obvious to me should be blatantly obvious to them in my mind, but it isn't. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna think the exact same way you are. So you gotta ex- you you have to express that that thought or whatever it is to that person, and if you don't like for my it would just it never got better because it wasn't obvious to that person and if you have someone who doesn't care and isn't gonna dig it out like your guy's wife do that's a tremendous aspect to have out of a woman that dig, digs it out of you digs it out of you someone if if you find someone who doesn't dig it out of you it's not gonna last there's no way you're gonna have to offer it because like myself it'll end up failing because you can't fix those problems because they're not being brought to light
3: yeah it was such a dangerous thing for me too because like say i was mad i'm not like tim i'll be mad at something all day and days if it's something real bad right like i can't just get over something without reconciling you know and so like I it's that pissed me off. I'd be mad all day. But then like if something good happens that I would normally be, you know, happy about now, I'm just mad. And now it's like, Oh, okay, I should be happy for her. I know that but I'm pissed off. She thinks that I should be happy, but I'm not. So now she's pissed off at me. And it's like, me being mad and not, you know, reconciling these issues just made the problem so much worse, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just it's like a snowball effect. that will just keep building, building, building.
2: Really? That's where, sto- that's where stoicism comes in, Yeah, so
1: all right, cool. So well, we'll dive into that because uh when you took a sip of that, yeah, I realized you swished it in your mouth. Did did you do that on purpose or no?
2: The water I did. Yes. A Why? A little bit of moonshine. Not with this. Why do you do it with the water? Uh one because the water's not going to stain your teeth, and two my mouth was dry, and I'm not going to swish like a whatever this is, Celsius
1: okay okay i was just wondering because there is like a there is like a belief that your saliva contains life in it so swishing it around captures all the saliva and you get to swallow more saliva thus giving you more life so i was just wondering hey. if you you've heard of that before just yeah, uh, First, he's, he's like Bro, i was like is this dude on it already yeah i'm like is this dude on it already what the fuck
3: yeah I'm like no way
1: but yeah i just like last yeah I'm like looking
3: at Tim, he's like, my my mouth is just dry. Yeah, he's like, dry? bro, I'm fucking. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was just wait, wondering, wait. bro, because it, it was something like I think last week I heard, of, I was on Soul Bros podcast. Hmm.
2: No, I never heard of it. it sounds very
1: thin. Uh, but
2: if anyone would, it'd be you, though.
1: Me? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's if why. I, would, that's, yeah, that's why I thought it was a safe <laughs> assumption. <laughs> See, there we uh, go. how yeah, quickly, you're aware of that? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. He said no.
3: <laughs> no, motherfucker. I don't send my shit neither. <laughs> yeah, uh, Have you heard of that real quick, Tim, before we go to yeah. socialism? Are you up on, like, I'll, I'll kind of explain it. So there are, like, a lot of dudes that do, like, some shit to, to do, like, more healthy, I guess, or to be more healthy. Mm-hmm. So, like, avoiding, like, microplastics, right? Um, like shutting your phone off before you go to bed and using only candlelight before. And one of them that they do is they sun their nuts. Sun their
1: nuts? Like sit them out like in the sun.
3: Sunlight, yeah, on your boys, bro.
2: No? <laughs> no,
1: dude. I've never. Literally
2: everything you guys... So I guess it's a preface for the audience. I don't have any social media. I don't own a TV. I don't watch mainstream news. Basically, I'm about as far disconnected with societal
1: no well that's ongoing. that's why we ask because it's not it's not one that's it's like this kind of community i mean this this dude's podcast probably has like 200k okay. followers so it is like a underground no one knows about it that's why we asked
2: because yeah well i've heard of these podcasts yes like joe rogan i don't think i've ever listened to a joe rogan podcast or
1: got i got, uh, I got probably you? five under my belt
2: Wow. There's quite a few. Uh, who is the Navy Seal that everyone was raving
1: about? Jocko. No, man. the other one.
2: Him too. I haven't listened to any of his or the. I
1: don't know, man. I what think a lot, of, a lot of a lot of yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that shit. You you're fine without listening to. To be honest, like after well, being a man I, who listens, obviously he will gain something, but not as much as like me or Daylor, I'm sure. Well, I think when you know what you want out of life, yeah. and
2: I'm not saying that people who listen to podcasts don't know what they want out of life because it's always good to hear different perspectives, but I mean, there's some types of things they're they're preaching about that I'm like, I mean, if it works for you, great, do it. I know it works for me because I've tried it through trial and error. I know what works for me and what's best for my life. It's never, it's never harmful to like dabble in, in other things yeah, and to, to expose yourself to different things, be a little bit vulnerable. But I don't know. Those people who are looking for, like, the answer in a podcast, like, the way I view it is, all those dudes, they put their pants on the same way as me. They get cut, they bleed. They get hurt emotionally, they cry. I mean, they're no more human, no superior immortal. to me. yeah, Right. And, and just moving through the tears of the military, you, you, you always think you're going to hit, like, this godlike persona. And it's it's not real, man. You always think, like, the grass is always greener. It's just a different shade of brown. It's like, <laughs> I mean, or green. I mean, it depends on what kind of perspective you want to take on things. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, That's I, two cents on the podcast. I, I'm
1: wondering how many, like, because you have the experience he's talking about. Not, obviously not all, but you have some of the experience and you relate to a lot of it. So, I don't, Not I'm not sure it's it's productive to you because you've learned from the experience. Like you said, it's not like the Navy SEALs. I'm sure don't go listen to Jocko willing.
2: I mean, there's some that might,
1: he might've been yeah. the commander at yeah. the time or whatever. Yeah. But. but yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I think, yeah, yeah I but, but yeah, anyways, you, anyways, but you don't sun your balls. No, right. not really. Right so regularly. the idea, Taylor, I guess you could get behind it. Cause you brought it to me. Go ahead.
3: The idea behind it is that there's a lot of, um, like beneficial shit in sun rays, right? And <laughs> a lot of, of them, yeah, a lot of them to take real advantage of, you really need to get direct contact on the skin. And I'm not like an expert on the exact, you know, physiology, of how this shit works. But the right. gist of it is, is that getting direct sunlight on your boys is supposed to be very beneficial for your testosterone production and kind of any function that the testes
1: do. And <laughs> on top of that, also your your nuts are always covered. Like it's one of those anecdotally though, always never see sunlight.
3: I sure. have done it a few times, and I felt really good afterwards.
1: So. I I can attest.
3: Take that with, take that at what you will.
1: Attest. <laughs> I see what you did
3: there. Attest. Something <laughs> like Kim's no. either gonna either do this all the time or like he's gonna have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> well,
2: I mean I I definitely believe that uh, you know sunlight. Just nature in general. I I mean, there's plenty of research out there on how sunlight, walks in nature are almost equivalent to SSRIs nowadays to like to help with depression. So
1: (laughs) we're going to get into SSRIs. I want to hear your topic on that. Force or your opinion on that, but keep going. Sorry. (laughs) So I mean, I
2: definitely don't. I don't know if it's as. I don't think your testes are. I mean. Basically, like the end all be all, but I mean, if you're the majority of your epidermis is exposed, I think you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Just to get that, because most people are vitamin D deficient, and I I mean, I think there's not enough emphasis on like vitamin deficiencies. It's automatically let's jump into the latest and greatest of big pharma. Well, I mean, again, that's a tangent we could go on for a long time. But I think if you look at micronutrients and different vitamins and minerals that you're deficient in. I think there's plenty of more holistic ways you can find that homeostasis in your life, dude.
1: You need to relax, go outside, and just tan your nuts, dude. You sound and you're uptight, dude. <laughs> <too>. Like, <laughs> uh, like
3: I've never taken a walk outside, you know, gotten some sun, and like have still been like angry at like when I left. You know, yeah. like I've always, well, I've always come back from the sun and be like, oh, fucking life is good. You know, it's it's weird how it it like kind of affects your mentality, and it's like I can totally see why. If you work in an office your entire life, you'd be depressed.
1: Yeah, so touching on what what Tim said there was uh, the nature aspect. Like We were meant to be in nature. We didn't have buildings when we were fucking 2,000 years ago, all that. So it's like most people nowadays are going to have the vitamin deficiency because we're not out as much as we normally would have been without the civilization we have created. but uh yeah. go ahead yeah so i mean
2: i agree with you and that's one thing that i'm very conscious of there i mean there's plenty of times when i'm driving somewhere don't get me wrong i'm very grateful for some of the advances that we have because i think sometimes when Brittany and i are taking a road trip across the country i think to myself like what if we were on horses right now or what if we were rucking this shit
1: yeah, and the fuck it would take us z-
2: years man years but i can literally drive across the entire country in a day day and a half blows my mind but there's plenty of times like people are so accustomed to like air conditioning wi-fi that instant connectivity for me it's so nice to just be able to unplug like i went up to montana not too long ago to drop off some stuff before i moved and i mean just completely unplugged Oh, i mean it helped because there's no cell phone signal out at my dad's farm and uh for me, that's amazing to
1: just yeah, it's uh be in your own headspace. Yeah, it's the the practice of gratitude, and I touched on it yesterday. Uh, it's just such an important practice. I took a picture. I was at work, just driving the golf cart around because I didn't have anything else to do, and we have a cool lake with a fountain, and I saw a rainbow. Just took a cool picture, and it's just like, man, this this earth that's here is pretty sweet, but it's getting overlooked almost because of all the distractions. But and yeah, it's and so we, easy to practice gratitude. Like Dale was saying, you have a nine to five job. Most skyscrapers have windows, <laughs> and you have a lunch. Go go look out your window for a couple seconds. Look at the sky, look at the sun, look at the clouds, and realize all right, maybe your boss isn't a complete asshole. Or maybe it is, but you can deal with it.
2: <laughs> yeah. But like, how, I, how often, when you first showed up to the shop, did that, that I leave for lunch? He gone. Pretty much always. And I would just go to my car. And I always drive and park facing the trees. Sometimes I take a nap. But, I mean, for, you can definitely do that, 100%. And not Yeah, like when that. I was – go ahead.
3: When I was in uh, ALC, like in the first like two weeks you're there, you're restricted to pretty much your room. And like there was a baseball field that we could walk across near the barracks, right? And like mm-hmm. I, I, hate, I hate not getting sun. I just – I feel – I can tell that I feel worse, right? And I'd be, like, in my room all day, you know, and we'd get off work and everyone would be, like, trying to hang out and drinking shit. But, like, I'd have to go take an hour just to go walk outside. Literally, I'd walk around this fucking baseball field 10, 12, 15 times just to be able to, like, get my steps in and, like, listen to some music and really just kind of be one, I guess, you know, with the, without, with the nature, I guess you could say but it it it's so remarkable to me it's like i could see dude if you weren't making an effort to to do these things how it would be so easy to just get depressed
1: uh so right. i got in a situation like that we had a quarantine in georgia before i went to iraq the last time so i was in two weeks in these shitty barracks that i it was like uh the regular army unit that was there just deployed to poland so they all just moved out and the Dude, the fridges were molded. There's roaches everywhere. Like It was just the worst. And I didn't make like the conscious effort to go outside or do anything. I just turned into my nerd and hibernated. I ended up gaining 20 pounds, I think it was. Drank two cases of Yingling. Two, bang, bang. <laughs> two, two full bottles of Pink Whitney within two weeks. And it was the most I ever weighed. I, I got to Iraq weighing 192, I think it was. that's what i'm sitting at yeah bro so uh, within uh the month the first month of iraq though i did drop back down to 175 so that was pretty dope um yeah (laughs) surely that has nothing to do with depression or anything but i'm sure they're unrelated if you don't yeah if you don't make those conscious efforts you will fall into it's so easy to fall into that little that little hole of darkness where i didn't have to go outside see sun or nothing i just have have a light i turn it on go get me a drink get some food take a shower come back inside i didn't know i was depressed but i mean statistics show it (laughs) no it's one of those
3: baby steps too you know like it's it's something small but it's a you anyone can do it it's Mm -hmm. it's such an actionable thing like you don't have to have you know a track like we had or really anything you could just go walk on the sidewalk or like stand outside and and read you know it's like you don't have to go from, you know, not getting any sun to like being out in nature, you know, 24 seven. It's it literally can start with, you know, five, 10 minutes when you get a break or when you got lunchtime. It just get after it. You know, there's no real two ways about it. It's like we we were working in the shop, right? We were outside a good bit, you know, but but still, I would try and get sunlight when I can, because it's just such an important thing,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. And Tim, I got something for you here. You uh. You, I want to say it was about a year ago. You were working on a camper, right? You finished that?
2: Oh yeah, quite a few. Oh,
1: you finished a, you a finished a few? camper?
2: Uh, nearly done. Uh, you know how it is being in the army. Yeah, it's you like, already
1: know you how have, it is. You're like you have, like your army. master's degree. Like, yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> which one? <laughs> uh, I, ch- I changed my major.
1: <laughs> oh oh yeah yeah just changed my
3: uh. <laughs> recreational construction
1: uh but to talk about nature and kind of i've i've grown up fortunate enough to go camping we had these yearly camping trips and all this shit going out in nature and just just lip or sleeping in a tent for a couple of days and now i'll ask a couple of people 18 20 whatever it is would you go camping or do you like camping and they're all like no not unless i have air conditioning
2: that's what i'm saying people are like Dude, I'm telling you, when, it, when we moved up here, That's people's mind were blown. It was like 98 degrees. I have a 26-foot U-Haul, and I'm just hours up and downstairs mm-hmm. carrying box after box after box. And they're just like my, – even my mom, she's like, take a break. And I'm like, I'll take a break when we're done. Like, yeah. Mind you, I'm like drenched in sweat. It is hot as shit, but it's like this is the work ethic that you instilled in me. I have acclimated or I've prepared my body – to withstand, to persevere through this stuff, if I take that break, obviously there's a fine line between stupidity and like not. And I was like, I don't want to regress. I've worked so hard to get to this point. Why would I want to, you know, backtrack? And that's something I'm kind of struggling with right now because of all my injuries and my mind, I can't, I definitely can't lift what I used to lift. I kind of peaked at 26. And since then I'm going downhill. So for me, it's, it's something hard to cope with, that eventually you're going to reach an age or a point in your life to where you're going to plateau, whether you by choice or not. And uh, I don't know. It frustrates me that people – that there's so much potential within and a person. Wasted. And they just don't have like all, – it, it all starts with a baby step, and then it's, over time – You take those baby steps, and over the years, those become exponential leaps and bounds. You might not see them. Um, It it took me probably 10 years to realize, like, maybe I am in better shape than 99% of the people in the world.
1: Yeah, Taylor didn't open – it took me a while. Taylor opened up my mind to that a couple months ago, yeah. It's those baby steps that just separates oh. you from just so many other people going to the gym, eating, eating eggs in the morning, bro. Like eating breakfast. Yeah. Eating breakfast in general. Yeah. Any breakfast. Yeah, breakfast.
3: Ew, yeah. Breakfast that's not a donut in a coffee with yeah. 60 grams of yeah. sugar, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, but no, what's that law? Jimmy, you're a smart guy. What's that law about like an object in motion?
1: Like Stays in motion. In motion?
2: Yeah, until equal or opposite reaction on it. Uh, some
1: Newton. No, no, it's Newton. Newton. Yeah, it's no, no. Every 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 object in motion, in motion. stays in, stays in motion, and then for every, I think the third one is every action has an equal counter reaction, and then the equal second second reaction. one is uh, the mass or what is it? It's it's an equation.
3: Yeah, uh, but like my my point though is that you're if wanted you to don't show my have any. You know, it's you uh, yeah, yeah. No it. <laughs> yeah, it's just all these abstract concepts that I'm extremely familiar with. No big deal. Learn about, learn about Yale. No, but like it's 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 hard to kind of get that momentum started right. And then but like once you get it, dude, your momentum just keeps carrying you, you know? But it's like that's why I think it's so necessary to focus on like these small actionable steps that people can take is that so people can build their momentum. Once people get to walking outside, walking, you know, going to the gym and lifting weights for a half an hour, you know, maybe skipping McDonald's and making themselves some chicken. Like it starts with the really small things and those you can't really do those small things and not you can't help but build momentum in that, you know, like your taste.
1: And he's gone. So with that, uh, the momentum oh, yeah. building. I uh, I called my buddy. I called Tommy yesterday. Have you met him, Coltrane? Tommy Coltrane, short, Me? short black dude. No, I no, uh, they didn't. They didn't know each other. Okay, I didn't know he. He. You will really like him. Actually, he was on our last podcast. We'll upload it today. But I called him the other day because uh, we found a logo designer and website designer. And interesting enough, it was just a coworker I already worked with. <laughs> I just walked up to him and he was designing the menu for the restaurant already. And I was like, wait a minute, that's Adobe Illustrator. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I walked up to him and, and then I called Taylor, talked about it. I called Tommy and talked about it. And he was like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but to just keep going. I mean, it's obviously a snowball effect. Whatever you're doing yeah. is working, just it starts with one and keep going. Don't and you don't discerned. realize like, that
2: momentum. I mean, that, that's everything in life: savings, compounding interest, uh, skill set. like maybe carpentry's your thing. You start out with whittling a stick, and next thing you know, you're building a house. When that momentum's building, you live with yourself every day, so you don't you don't even realize. That's kind of what I was talking with Daler with. Even your your physical changes. You go to the gym daily. You see your body in the mirror daily, so you don't even realize. Half the time when you're sprinting, that momentum is so fast, you're sprinting at this point, but you're still like in that mindset of I'm, I'm just taking those baby steps. But those baby steps have now become like pole vaults every step. So it's pretty neat, um, and it's kind of difficult to take a step back. And Brittany, Brittany is the one who helps me kind of see this. When I think I'm regressing, the reality is I'm just not pole vaulting quite as far every day, but I'm still on that upward trajectory.
1: Yeah. So, it's like doing, doing 1% is a hell of a lot more than doing zero. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not just 1%. It's, it's a hell of a lot more. It's like doing damn near 50% of the work almost. Yeah. The gym's a tough
3: one too. Like, cause you only see your body like in that current day, you know? So like if you had a picture yeah. of yourself each day, you're only seeing page, you know, 300. And yeah. so it does, it's not until someone comes along that saw you at page 200 And they haven't read that last 100 pages that they can see how Uh, far you come. And it's like that's a super encouraging thing because, like, I guarantee you, we go to the gym. But, like, we still, when we go there, we think, oh, I could, you know, my chest is lacking or my legs need to get bigger. Or, (laughs) you know what I mean? We just talked Uh, to it.
1: When you left, when you left, uh, uh, me and Dillareth were talking about, or me and Tim, Tim, before uh, you, like, got up, walked out the room. And I was like, oh, look at them legs. And then we went on to talking about how I think my arms are big, my chest is small, <laughs> my shoulders are small. Tim was saying how his rear doubts disappeared. <laughs> like, gone. <man. laughs> like, okay, I can't even see. <laughs> handstrings
3: regressing. Dude,
1: <laughs> and it's gone.
3: Withering away, bro. Yeah, yeah, but it's
1: it's that body dysmorphia. Like you, you essentially want to be bigger every day. That's your goal almost. Everyone's goal is to be bigger or leaner or whatever. But just being in the gym in the first place is – just a hell of a lot more than so much of the American population.
3: Yeah, because you, you forget when you are always trying to get bigger, like we <clears> mostly <throat> always are, you don't see how big you already are, you know? So, like, I'm like, okay, I'm here. I want to put on 30 pounds of muscle, let's say. You could Bam. still be 20. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get there, you know what I mean? But, like, <laughs> but like you're, you're, wherever you are now is still 20 pounds heavier than the average guy, you know? Yeah.
2: And so and like I mean, you don't really see the progress, you know? Yeah, and we're, I mean, obviously, because we're in that same circle, for us, it's the gym. For other people, it might be rock climbing, it might be cycling, it might be yoga. They want to be able to hold a certain pose for a certain amount of time. So, I mean, there's, there's you don't have to go to the gym to have a healthy lifestyle. There's so much, you know, opportunity to just be active, to help throughout your life. So for us, it's the gym, getting bigger is the end state. But for other people, it might be going farther, swimming farther, swimming deeper if you're a free diver, holding your breath longer. There's plenty of things you can do to, like, extend your lifespan. The
1: goal. Oh, oh, okay, yeah.
3: That's a great point because, like, that's how my dad is. Like, he runs, I want to say at least 30 to 40 miles a week, right? But he caps it there deliberately. He's been running 30 to 40 miles a week for years, right? because he only does it for the health benefit, you know, like, yeah. it's really just about keeping his his heart up and his body functional. But it's like, I, I, I was telling him, I was like, Dad, you could like run a marathon, like, you could compete in like the men's 5k, because he's like 50. And it's like, there's not a lot of competition at that age, I think, like, I said, Dad, you could really win races, you know, if you wanted to. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I, I could, you know, but I'm way more interested in the longevity portion of it, you know, and I think that's, it's a really cool kind of thing to see. It's like, well, we're not pursuing the same goal. Like, obviously, I want to be healthy, but I want to get fucking huge, and he doesn't at all. But it, the important thing, though, is that we're both pursuing a healthier kind of state. So there, there's so yeah. many different ways to go about it. You know, like running, lifting weights. Yeah, that's very feeding, important you
1: know. to. Yeah, very important to mention because, uh, as I mentioned, my girlfriend picked up a book the other day, and that just that is another. I don't read that's not one thing I do but she went and at least bought the book who knows if she'll read it She bought it though. It's here It's just those like we said those baby steps to get you get you going and get you on the right track <clears throat> to ultimately success
3: Yeah, and it's like a one kind of psychological way if you like if you struggle with kind of like building your momentum Right that I've found is like to pick something easy that you can do right so like for me I let's say I wake up and I want to do 10 different things, right? I'm not going to start off with the most difficult one. I'm going to start off with cleaning up my house and getting like my bed squared away and, you know, doing something that I know I can do. Right. And that gives you that kind of response in your brain that like you, you can do things and that these things are beneficial for you. So it's all about starting your momentum. And the best way to do that is to just, Pick something easy that you know you can do. It don't yeah. have to be cleaning. It could, it could be the smallest thing, but the smallest thing can eventually become a very big thing.
2: Yeah. So I obviously throughout like my curriculum in psychology, I've kind of learned and read a lot of research on there's only so many like good decisions or rational decisions you can make in a day. So as many of those little things you're talking about, maybe it's just, you know, obviously waking up that 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 routine you have every morning or every day i eat this for this meal and then i have my next meal here and here as much stuff as you can routinize if that's a word it it takes it away from your conscious and puts it into your subconscious so like for me if i don't go to the gym i feel weird i get i get upset if i miss a meal timing then i i almost feel like rushed because i need to get that meal in because i have another meal that's 2 hours away but i know i'm not going to be hungry in that 2 hours so as many of those little conscious decisions you're making initially will eventually become subconscious. You no longer have to make those decisions. So that leaves more brain power if you will to rationalize and make more complex decisions as you're faced with more problems throughout the day.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I so mean, Jordan Peterson touches on on that a lot. <clears throat> on both of those actually. The one Dale was talking about is he <clears throat> says the easiest thing to do is sit here in my room Right now, look around for five minutes and see what can I do in five minutes to make this room better. Mm. That's a one simple, easy step to just get your room in order a little bit. Maybe you haven't even got out of bed, but in your bed, Mm. you can look around. Oh, there's a napkin right here or whatever. So that's one easy step. And then. The other one I forgot. It'll come back to. No, well, there. like that's great
3: though because after a while it becomes subconscious, you know. Like you oh know, yeah, I don't. I that's what I'm trying. Like he's. I think toward uh, Tim's getting at is like I don't think about cleaning my house anymore because that was my first step for so long that I just do it, and what that's right. allowed me to do is free up that brain power to pursue other things. I, yeah. is that
1: what you're? Yeah, that to the other one that he's uh, that he talks about is mastering the stuff you do on each day. Like Tim said, if you master the stuff you have to do each day, like I know I got to brush my teeth each day. But if I know how to do that almost subconsciously to where I could use that two minutes to think about something else, maybe think about the podcast to where I almost don't even have to think about it. Now I got those two minutes each day for the rest of my life almost to think about something else. Mm
2: -hmm. That's that exponential effect, that (laughs) compounding interest. Mm -hmm. The other thing with uh, that that I was going to bring up is obviously a lot of these things aren't universal. It doesn't necessarily apply to everything. So obviously us coming from a mechanical background, if I'm faced with a mechanical problem and I know X amount of tasks need to get done, I typically start with the hardest one because I'm the freshest, my mental capacity is not necessarily exhausted yet. So I'll start with that hardest one because I know it's going to get progressively simpler as I tackle this list of to-dos. So it depends on kind of what you're facing and the strategy you're going to take going into it. Because, I mean, that's the way I do it, at least. A lot of people maybe start with an easier task to kind of build some self-confidence and momentum. But then they realize as they get to those more difficult tasks, maybe some of these easier tasks were a little bit more difficult than anticipated. So when they get to that hard task at the end, they're already like, fuck, I still got to do all this. So, I mean, you have to strategize to some degree.
3: I think you can do both, really. Like, like for me, an easy step that I you know, used to think about and I don't really now, it's just something I do, is like go to the gym, right? Like so I'd go to the gym and that was a kind of way for me to start my momentum. But when I was there, I wouldn't start with, you know, my isolation exercises and work up to the compound one. I'd start with, you know, the squat and then go to the leg press and then the leg extension. And it's like I'm starting with the the heavier one and working lighter because I'm familiar that, you know, um you know, I know enough to say, okay, if I start with the isolation, my compound's gonna suffer because I'm going to be more exhausted and it's easier right. on the central nervous system to do it in descending order kind of so i think right. that there's definitely room for you to do both and kind of use them you know
2: together yep that's that's one thing i've definitely come to notice about life one thing that i believe to be universal is there is a balance there's a universal homeostasis Yin, yang. and if you get too high on the spectrum something i mean think
0: Hey there, listener. Do you have something to say? Then you're already a podcaster. You just don't know it yet. Whether you love to shoot the breeze with friends, have an urge to share your passions with the world, or even want to grow your business, you've got something worth saying with a podcast. With ACAST, it couldn't be easier to start your own show. Launch, grow, and make money from your podcast across all listening platforms. If you have something to say, you're a podcaster. Head over to acast.com to get started for free.
2: A hurricane. If you have too much, like I think it's high pressure, too much warm water, I mean, in order to bring that back, that equilibrium back, a hurricane forms. And then the hurricane is not going to stop till it hits land, till it hits cool
1: water. Object in motion stays in motion.
2: Yeah, that's what's going to bring it back to that equilibrium. Humans are the same way. If you get too hot, you start sweating. If you get too cold, you start to shiver, blood moves into your core. you well, in life, there's always gonna be a balance. And if you do things to tip those balances, life is gonna have a way of leveling that back out, whether you want it or not. So something I've definitely I mean, had to be more in tune with. It's a great thing, I think, that our
3: bodies are kind of capable of that. Like it's if, if you think about it, the human body's no more than like a, just a reactionary system. Like if you have this input. This is what your output's going to be. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's such a great, like, it's, it's kind of like a self-regulatory thing. Like, if I'm constantly going too hard at, let's say, college, eventually I'm going to get to a point where, you know, my brain feels fried and it, it just kind of stops itself. You know, same with the gym. If I go in the gym and I'm doing the big three every single time, one rep maxing, you know, I'm going to be able to do that for like two days in a row. And it's like, okay, I'm going to be, you know, Burn. fried at that point. And it's, like, yeah. it's such a cool thing that you know what's kind of going on and that you can really work with it is kind of knowing how to achieve that, that sort of yin and yang balance, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with so, that, I guess I kind of want to go into stoicism, especially because Tim brought it up earlier. Just kind of get some more, some more viewpoints yeah. uh, or just, you know, hear what I heard before. I was talking to Nelson yesterday. He just out of the blue – I was thinking of stoicism, of course, and out of the blue, he texted me a quote from Marcus Aurelius, literally as I thought of it, and he said, uh, the things, Marcus Aurelius quote, the things you think about determine the quality of your mind, your soul takes on the color of your thoughts. This is just the most accessible quote to me, because honestly, I wasn't prepared for stoicism. I don't know why, but it's easy to talk about. Tim, if you just kind of want to go into your kind of first interaction with stoicism or your first recognized or literature or kind of just what resonated with you most can you explain
3: uh, stoicism real quick just in case anyone doesn't know
2: yeah i mean so there's obviously different takes on it this is ancient greek philosophy is where it kind of found his its start and i want to say it was Zeno. i think was it or epictetus might have been the first to kind of present this mindset but it's more it's basically like there's emotions. There's appropriate motions for certain scenarios. And on top of that, there's things that are in your control and things that are not in control. And that's where perspective comes into play. And this is actually like uh, the commissioning ceremony we just had. It's kind of like my ending note that I left with my cohort. Uh, perspective is everything. And you are in control of your perspective, 100%. And the, the kind of the analogy I gave to them is if you're, if, if you're going through a certain – opportunity in life and you you come to a wall your perspective can either you can view that wall as an obstacle or as an opportunity to get better to get stronger and if you automatically see that wall and you're like man this is an obstacle i don't know how to go around it so i'm just going to sit at the foot of the wall until someone figures it out for me or you can view it as an opportunity to like find an innovative way to go over around through under this wall so because all those things are in your control so mindset for me, perspective is where it all starts. And then you have to be able to decipher what's within your control and what's not. So one of one of the analogies they also used, I, I watched on a I think it was a TED, TED talk or something, I was an archer. You can go out and practice archery every day. You can hit the center of that bullseye every day. But the reality is, as soon as you release that arrow from the bow, you have no control over it. The wind can blow, the tail feathers can blow off. The, I mean it can just break in half. As soon as that, that arrow leaves that bow, you're no longer in control, and you just have to accept what that outcome is. So from what I've taken from stoicism is you have to live your life perfecting the things that are within your control or at least bettering them throughout life so that when you are faced with things that are out of your control, you're prepared to take those on. And then the end state is going to kind of typically, I would say, work in your favor because you're prepared for them. There's plenty of examples I could give you financially if you don't prepare for it. Health-wise, we go to the gym for healthy alternatives. So if we do get sick, we know our body can recoup. I mean, there's so many things that are not in our control. Like your health is not in your control ultimately. But you can take steps to ensure that you can be more healthy or that if your body does get compromised, you can overcome it. So that's kind of stoicism for me. I'll, I'll jump. You guys go ahead.
3: W- would you say that people focus a lot on the things that they can't control where they
2: should be focusing on what they can oh, control? 200%. I mean, you think about it. How many people and the United States, obviously, because we're familiar with that, watch the news and whatever the news anchors tell them, they change their life. In that instant, I have to start preparing. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do all these things based off of what someone told them, and they let that control them a lot, their lives. How often do you see, that? or on social media? Think of think of all the influencers you have on social media. I look this way. I drive this car. I have this house. I have this many girlfriends, or I have these. My arms are this big. How many people think that that has to be their goal? They're letting those people control what should be within their control.
1: Now, actually, uh, I'd like to tie that in with uh, parenthood, actually. Where where's that fine line to where you kind of step back and, and look at your parents that way? Because we kind of talked about it before. Like they, there are some things in your control. There are some things you want to, like, like you said, social media, they'll push out this problem and that's the one you'll focus on. And parents tend to do the same thing or, or you see your parents solving an issue or whatever and you tend to focus on it. Where, at what point in time, do you say, all right, I got to start kind of thinking for myself or gaining my own perspective or generating my own opinions type deal When it, in regards to growing up in a household with a parent, two parents, whatever it is?
2: Well, obviously, there's a certain point. You should be, again, you go back to psychology. You have the nature versus nurture debate. Obviously, it's a bit of both. To what extreme, you don't really know. No one's really going to know. Everyone's unique in that aspect. So I think there is a certain point in young adulthood, I would probably say around high school, when you should be thinking for yourself and you should challenge certain lines of thought. Now, obviously, when you challenge something, you don't have to be an asshole about it. Something doesn't make sense to you or you perceive something a little differently. Obviously, you can tactfully address your concerns, something that I struggled with early on in my military I was going to say, fucking... yeah, like your, your yeah. mustache fucking tobacco. Yeah, so I mean, if something was fucking stupid, <laughs> if it smelled like shit, looked like shit, I'm like, hey, this is shit. And they're like, you can't say that. And I'm like, do you want me to say it's a shiny piece of shit? Like, I mean, why, why beat around the bush? Let's let's save ourselves some time and just get to it. So something I've definitely worked on myself, but when it comes to parenting and young adulthood, I think the sooner you can start Deciphering life while still being able to accept advice and experience from people who have been there and done that. That's one thing I'm pretty fortunate in that regard. I learned pretty early on things I didn't want to do versus things I did want to do going through life. And some of that has changed. And uh, so I always take the opportunity, especially like my grandparents or people who have had more life experience. And the more life experience you get and the more knowledge you accumulate. You can decipher like, okay, they're full of shit versus this might have some validity to it. I should probably you know, take that into consideration moving forward. So I don't think there's a certain day or time or age, but it it should – in my opinion, it should be late middle school, early high school. You should start wanting to rationalize and think bigger, zoom out, and don't be so hyper-focused on the here and now and how does this relate to life and the world in general just my two cents
3: yeah we were uh we were talking about this thing in my uh college last uh week it was called the locus of control model and it's basically like whether or not you believe that your actions input the end effect pretty much so like i used to be it's like a spectrum i guess like everything i guess is now but where the external model of control people think that they're Actions don't affect the endpoint, and the internal people think that the endpoint is completely dependent on their reactions. So, like I used to be a really external person, because it was hard for me to take expo- like straight up responsibility for my actions. I could say, okay, if I have this problem of like that I need to change, it's easy for me to see how everyone else's behavior and everything that happened to me affected that. But then at the end of the day, that's not helping me change this issue at all. So it wasn't until I kind of shifted to more of an internal like, point of view on that and say, OK, well, some things you just can't help. You know, like I I can't help if a car hits me and kills me or if I get struck by a lightning bolt, you know, but I can control whether or not I treat my body well and do everything that I can to stay healthy. Maintain like healthy relationships with the people that I know. Maintain like a spiritual health. Like, there's so much that you can control, and I think people get so wrapped up in focusing on what they can't that they don't really see how all they affect anything
2: really.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's important. Just, Go ahead, Tim. If you picture
2: like just a pie chart, every, there's all these influences that are going to whatever that goal may be. And you are only in control of a little sliver of that. So let's say you're doing something, a dart, for example, because we're familiar with that. You've done your part. The engine's good. We're good to go. But hydro misses a swedge or doesn't replace a chunk of line. And then you just send fluid, contaminated fluid through the starter, shreds the starter. You did your part. You were successful in what you were there to do. But another portion of that hole out of your control ultimately made the bigger mission of failure and then that comes into perspective how do you want to view it obviously you're not going to shit on the hydro guy and be like hey dude you fucked everything up because i did my part but that's kind of what you're getting at is there's there's things within your control and that's what you should be focused on i did everything in my control to ensure group success whether that be a family workplace environment it doesn't matter you did your part now obviously you're not going to make all those who didn't do their part feel like shit. That's when you should try and mentor and be like, "What? Why did you make the decisions you make? And then kind of help them see that path to where maybe here, if you would have gone right instead of left, things would have turned out a little bit differently. So di- I'm in that spectrum. We get back to homeostasis. I mean, yeah,
1: I was just it's gonna somewhere yeah. in the middle. That was uh, it's that was what I was gonna cut off and t- and talk about uh, when when you uh, oh. talked is is the balance. It's important to point out the balance. And it's also important to say, you said, uh, focus on what you can't control. We also just talked about you have to also be able to realize what you can't control. So you do have to focus on both. Right. But physically or, or mentally, not mentally, but you do want to take action on the ones you can control is, I guess, <clears throat> the best way to put it. And <clears throat> I think it's also like living on either side of that spectrum, one end or the other, is just a depressing life. <laughs> um thinking mm. thinking you can't control anything is going to be depressing because you think you're a waste of space and that on the other hand thinking you can't control anything is going to be depressing because you can't and you won't get your way and now you're going to be depressed because of that so like we say it's just mm-hmm. all about the middle all about the balance um and
3: yeah i mean at but, at the end of the day you can't you can't control whether the hydro guy does his job correctly. You can only really affect your own job. You, you know? can't control
1: how much you help him do his job effectively. Yeah,
3: yeah. Like I, yeah, exactly. If you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But like, if I if I halfway know how to do a switch, I'm not going to offer my yeah. opinion. And,
2: yeah. You know, like I, that, if I, that's where knowledge comes knowledge, into play. Yeah. Like it's, the more you accumulate, I mean, no one can take that from you. Unless you get, you know, you get in a car accident and have amnesia or some type of TBI. No one can take that knowledge from you. Does that knowledge become antiquated? Sometimes. Depends on what we're talking about. But the more you can accumulate over the years, the more useful you can be, the more control you would have in a given situation. Let's say I'm not the hydro guy. I know the hydro guy's a junior, you know, hydro mechanic. I'm the engine guy. I fix the engine task. Then I take I know enough about hydro to do the switch properly and to purge the system. So you take him kind of like when we go on trips, we'll take a junior engine guy to kind of like, hey, you're going to take lead on this. I'm going to just shadow you. And if you need assistance, jump in. That's that's the kind of approach you can take. So now your piece of the pie has gone from this to a little bit bigger because you have more control, more influence on the total outcome. So the more diverse you are, the more well-versed you are at just knowledge, just life in general, the more control you have on that outcome. And obviously, again, it comes back to tact and how you approach it. Like, hey, I know you're the Hydra guy, but I know more about Hydra than you, so shut the fuck up, sit down,
1: let me do this. Yeah. So there's there's always uh, an opportunity for growth. I think this could go into a question I've always wanted to ask, and it's kind of hard to ask uh, just because it feels weird. But I do want to know what kind of led you – To want to help me and Daylor, like just mentor or take under their wing or what you saw in us to where you're like, okay, this guy's got something to where you were cared enough to offer your opinion or offer your knowledge on the matter. Oh, Rook,
3: can I add to that question too? Yeah. Real quick. Is there people that you've seen that you've just kind of written off? Not maybe that's not the right word, but say, okay, you know, I'm not going to help this person right now.
1: Or almost lost hope for. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. So let's. For me, obviously, it's the way I was raised. I, my mom obviously taught me like you should help people. We are no. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter. Amen. A human being, is a human being, I don't. I don't give a shit where you are in life. I have to give you the benefit of the. Fa- I not. I don't have to, but I choose to give you the benefit of the doubt initially. And then when I joined the military. When I first became an NCO, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because I know how I learn. I know how I respond to certain things. Everyone should be like me, so that's how I'm going to approach this. I quickly learned. I'm talking within a few months. I was like, man, this shit, I have got to take a different approach. So I quickly adopted the three-strike rule. I mean, everyone knows baseball, more or less. It's like I'm going to give you multiple opportunities, kind of like a crawl, walk, run. I mean, you name it. You see it throughout all these different models. I'm going to help them initially. I'm going to guide them the second time. Then the third time, I'm going to step back and shadow. And so I'm to that point to where I don't ever write anyone off initially. Um, but so when you guys came in, I didn't treat you any different than when Joseph came in. My boy. But what, when I went to help you guys out, you guys responded. You you made a conscious effort to kind of change in the second time, a little bit more guidance. And the, what was beneficial, especially uh, with Dayler. That second time, he, was all, he would even show me, like, hey, this is cool and all. Like, I like the way you did this, but I could do it this way, and it's more efficient. And I'm like, well, shit. And I mean, they, I don't have all the answers. There's plenty of times where I have people, even in ROTC, there was kids that would say something. And I was like, that's a smart dude. Like, we were, we were about to walk somewhere. And he's like, all of our cars are here. Why don't we just drive there so we don't have to walk there and then walk back? And I was in charge of the platoon or whatever because of my experience. And I was like, good call, dude. So I went over to the major. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's just a prime example of like listening to your people. But then when you get to that third step and you just kind of see those wings spread and they just start gliding on their own. And they they know where to find that wind to continue climbing and climbing, climbing in elevation. To me, that's the most rewarding part. I – I've tried telling this to people. There's really, I guess, the way perspective, it comes back to perspective. It's really not a selfish intent. I genuinely, I told you guys this from the start. I want to make you better people because if you're better people, then you're going to be a better soldier, hands down, whether that be through education, through certificates, through going to schools. Like the more opportunities, the more experiences you have in life, the more well-rounded you're going to be the more that you can have in your control and the more you can contribute back to society. So for me, that was always the goal. How can I make, how can I help you reach your full potential? And uh, Daylor, I, I'm not going to lie, Daylor was a little bit easier than Blasic. I would have never guessed.
1: But I agree, would have never guessed. And I was like, and I, I'm telling you, I, can't, I had countless
2: with John, with Chris, with Ben, with uh, freaking Pennywit, and I'm like, dude, this kid has a shitload of potential. If he would just shut his mouth and just, for once, just listen to me and do it the way I'm telling him to do it, he will realize, he will save himself a lot of headache and a lot of time. And for me, that's always what I was trying to get back to you guys. I wanted you to have as much time to do what you enjoy to do. Um, so I, get, I guess that's the biggest thing for you guys. And I, I kind of like... I don't know if you want to say take pride, but over time I invested more in in Trevor. Uh, but it's more fulfilling now to see what you're doing and what you've you've kind of come to do on your own. You you ask for guidance every once in a while, but you take the initiative to do it yourself instead of every like every day, hey, I want to do this. Or you don't need me to validate you. You just do it. And for me, that's the most fulfilling part. You guys are getting out, whether by choice or not. You have education, you have, you're have. you getting educated, you're in healthy relationships, like you're doing everything I would deem as being successful. And do we all have pitfalls? Do we all have issues we still face? 100%. No one, I'm telling you, no one is does not have the same issues you're having. But that's just kind of what I see in you guys, what I saw in you guys, and really what I see in everybody. And I, I mean, I'm even guilty of it too. <laughs> there are some times where I come into contact with people and I'm like, damn, that dude's a piece of shit. Yeah, no a, weight, yeah a waste of life. Like you quit breathing my oxygen. You're, you're taking it when I can be, <laughs> you know, doing <pure laughs> something with it. And But then I quickly learned maybe the dude was just having a bad day. He didn't get enough sleep last night. His mom might have passed away. I mean, there's always something. And then obviously I reflect on that and I'm like, damn. You, you do the goal is just not to try and make that same mistake again but along that same line after that third strike if you're not wanting to progress if you're still wanting me to hold your hand and baby you through life sorry dude it's time i gave you the tools i gave you the assets that i believe to be useful or beneficial to help get you on that journey to start that snowball rolling and if you don't want to do it for yourself i'm not going to hold your hand the rest of your life sorry
1: all right so, that's a wonderful answer i want to add something to it though uh, me and Daler talk about networking networking a lot and just kind of bringing the best of yourself to a situation in order to get a proper network and in order to surround yourself with great people. At any yep. point is that did that pop in your head? At any point did you say, look, if I potentially make this dude the best I can make him, I could potentially grow him along with myself? Or were you more talking about him, you never really thought about yourself?
2: Honestly, I never really like I'm I knew what my goals were. I knew how my trajectory and let's say like my slope was here. But if I helped you guys out it, maybe it came down just a little bit, it kind of delayed my progress just a little bit. I never really viewed it in that aspect. I, like, I know where I want to be and where I want to go. I want to help you go from here to here.
1: More than and you want so to go that- from here to here.
2: Right. And so I I know it seems hard to believe and a lot of people be like, yeah, you're full of shit. Everyone does what's best for them first. And then everyone else comes second. It really isn't. It really isn't. Yeah, I never thought of it from a networking aspect, but if you're better, Daylor's better, like it's just, we're all going to be better. Yeah. And so inadvertently, sure. If you want to call it networking, we all got better, but that wasn't, that certainly wasn't my goal or my intent going into it, going into life really.
1: Okay, I was just just kind of curious because we do bring it up a lot. And it's definitely important to note that it doesn't just, you don't, you can't go out hunting for it. You can't go hunting for it, for something well, you'll
2: like that. You'll know if it's just disingenuous. Like if they're yeah. doing it for, I mean, I hate to call out the dude, but we've had certain people in charge of our shop. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Who you know what their intent was. How is this going to benefit me? And then from there, let's figure out how I can take care of the guys. No, fuck that. If you do what's best for the guys, there's 12 guys down there. Those 12 dudes are going to make your life that much easier. They're going to essentially do your job for you. If you stop looking out for number one and look out for the 12, yours is going to come. Your NCOARs are going to write themselves. Like these opportunities are going to present themselves because you've prepared 12 people to take your position. So you're hindering yourself if you're that selfish, in my opinion.
3: Yeah. I, I want to say, like, I, I definitely saw that, like, uh, kind of like when I was leaving the shop and like the last year I was there was one thing I think that, you know, for all the problems we had is one thing we did really well was kind of empower the the junior soldiers at like the four and the five level to make their own decisions. So, like, if I'm a six, right, and like I, I physically I'm only one person. I can only do so much. But if I make people that can think for themselves. And that are going to make the same call that I would make in that situation, you know, I'm not going to have a problem arguing it because it's, I've taught them the logical way to think. But the important thing though is, yeah, Yeah. is that I've enabled them to think. And I saw other shops that were in the hangar and they don't really empower their young soldiers to kind of be able to make decisions. So I'd go in there and they wouldn't be doing anything. Like they'd just be sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, what are y'all doing? and they're, I'm like well okay and so I, I asked well where's the boss and uh, they go well I don't know and I'm like so what then like y'all ain't cleaning up or doing something it's like nothing's going it, it on almost, yeah it almost felt like people were afraid to make decisions because they knew that the boss was going to react harshly to that you know it's, it's wow. like you, you need to be able to make decisions or have people make decisions below you that you can stand by
1: yeah, it goes to the, uh, what's that that corner analogy Or, no, the fish so you could teach a man to, is it? No, it, teach, yeah. Right, teach a man to fish or give him a fish? Like, what, what is it? Like,
2: yeah, you give him a fish, you feed him for a day, you teach him to yeah. fish, you feed him for a lifetime. yeah I mean, that's 100%. That's my goal whenever I took over PC as a junior E5 was, like, I wanted you to set your own goals for the day. And if they were realistic, if they were something like, oh, okay, I can get down with that, when you were done with those goals, what did I do? I
1: sent you home. Wonder where Taylor got that program. from. <laughs> no, yeah, I
2: mean, no. There's all, there's all types of little things like that. Like the run cell program we set up. I don't know if it's still going or if it was beneficial, <sighs> if it helped any of our junior enlisted like understand the engines any better. But at least it gave them the opportunity to do that. And I 100% agree with what Taylor said. There's plenty of trips – where certain people – I think, Blazing, you were actually TDY one time and I get a phone call like, hey, Trevor's trying to do this. And uh, <laughs> this, this is the MTP. On, this is the MTP on the phone. And I'm like, OK. And he's like, I don't think that's the right call. And I'm like, well, sir, you know how you, you yeah. start everything off? Well, With all due respect, are you the engine guy? Yeah. Well, no. And I'm like, well, Trevor is, and I train Trevor, not that I, again, I'm the end-all be-all, or I am confident in Trevor's abilities and capabilities to troubleshoot and ensure that you're safe when you're flying. I said, so whatever decision he makes, I stand by it. Now, if it was something way off the wall, I would call Trevor immediately and be like, hey, bro, what the fuck? Have you even considered this? Because I, I, there I were a few times, especially with all the the fuel pump issues and whatnot. Oh, I've yeah. got, I got calls from Dayler and whatnot, AMTDY. And I would go up to the shop and I would, I would run through the troubleshooting theory too. Uh, but
3: oh, I know that, what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So there, I mean, there's plenty of the yeah. time where I wanted to just be available to help your guys's growth, the shop in general, the company, the, the organization as a whole.
1: It's just, yeah, so that, it's, I mean,
2: that, it's, but it's, it's quick. I mean, you do get to a point where you get burnt out or you get used and abused because your reward is, hey, you guessed it, more work. <laughs> well, Joe Schmo, who's pissing off, doesn't have to do anything. There's no repercussions. And I'm like, why Why are we like not taking care of the people who contribute so much? And then it seems like all these other dudes are getting a free ride. And then – To me, it didn't resonate well. When you That's don't, why I chose to leave. Old-
1: yeah. No, it, it, we could cut you- – it was almost evident in the way you were carrying yourself almost every day that you could just kind of tell you saw that going on. You could just, it, almost everyone sees it going on. You yeah. And I, I tried
2: it, not to let it impact my performance or the, the aura I was giving off. Because if I did that to you, then you guys get it and then you pass it on. And it's almost everyone just gets in this mindset of like, well, fuck this. No one cares about me. I don't care about them. And then it all goes back to, What can I do for me in this situation? And honestly, that's what I did when I left. And then when I got to my next organization, I was like, I told, I mean, Brittany and I had this talk. I was like, fuck, I should go back because at least I can make a difference there. I have enough influence to do positive things. Whereas here I'm small fish on the totem pole and there's no, you know, fast track to being able to help. It's just, Hey, shut the fuck up. Stay in your lane. That's it. So there, there were plenty of times. And John called me and he's like, Hey, we got a job for you. If you want to come back, come back. And ultimately I made the, the call to go green to gold. Was it the right one? I don't know yet. We'll find out. We'll learn.
3: Yeah, no, I remember thinking that when I, you know, heard that you were leaving and stuff, and I was I'm like, Well, if, if Tim leaves, right, he's probably gonna I mean, I know how it is getting to a new place. Like you get to a new joint and you're the lowest guy, right? It just is what it is. But I'm like here, Tim has like the potential to really influence a lot. But it's like I just think that there were a lot of problems that would have just taken an immense amount of effort on just just, not you specifically, but any one person. It's like you're one dude, like great. But you've got a whole group of like senior NCOs in that company that, you know, really just weren't wanting to have someone like you come in and, and start knocking some skulls. Would that have been yeah. better? You know, I, I think it would. But it's like that would have just been such a massive thing to undertake. You know, it's easy to say, oh, I, sh- I you know, could have done that. But it would have just been a, a shit ton of effort on your part. You know, I don't right. i not, not saying that you couldn't do it, but it, it's such well, a crazy thing to tr- try and change.
1: That taps into like the resiliency in the face of adversity. I was listening to Jocko's podcast. They were explaining the Iraqi war. And he was explaining Mm. how uh, it was the youngest full full bird colonel in the army was trying his hardest to change the trajectory of the war. But he eventually got so far to where it became a political matter. He ended up falling out, not going through with it, not finishing his plan. And then we wasted an extra 10 years of the Iraqi war. So it kind of, it kind of blows because now you got this politics or or tribal thinking like we were talking about where, where you're getting kicked out almost. The good is getting kicked out because there's so much evil overruling, tyranny almost.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately, where we fall in like the hierarchy, like our job is to support, obviously, the geopolitical climate. I mean, we're not, a, you know, a, a little – it off in left field like to where we can make those decisions because unfortunately there is a bigger picture that yeah you know, strategy that we're not necessarily aware of, so at a certain level oh when I say a certain level like ninety eight percent of the military is very like you know it funnels down we all we've all heard the analogy you have a job you you you're a small cog in a much bigger machine, and you just need to fulfill that role Do you, whether you agree with the in state if you even know what the end state is or not, your job is to do this, and that's it. Now, where I would obviously run into issues is I'm like, I understand we're supposed to do this, but this doesn't make sense because it would lead to this. Why not do this because it would lead to this, which would be more advantageous for everyone involved. Surely you're not and a critical those... thinker. And then hit <laughs> you with, hey, dude, you're this big. Shut the fuck up and color. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. you're this big, and you're telling me to shut up and color. Imagine the influence you could have. If you were the one saying what I was saying. And that's one thing I did appreciate about Mike Jones. Even when I was like an E six and he was just like, Remember when uh there was a general and a Star Major that came in that was like the tier above and they were like, Hey, we want I want you to go lead PT with this guy and don't cut your hair. And I was like, That's a strange <laughs> request. Cause you know me, my hair's always been, you know. At Roger, first house.
1: art. Don't mind hey, if I
2: shit do. Look like me.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I
2: was like, Just he he took me in because apparently this guy's big thing was haircuts, and that's to me that's what drives me insane. There's certain things that I'm like. Does a haircut dictate how well this man can fix an engine, or how well this guy can shoot his gun, or how well this girl can, you know? Issue supplies or whatever their their role might be. It might be shoot a gun too nowadays. The answer is no. But because it looks unbecoming or because my mustache is a little outside of my lips, I'm the biggest piece of shit in the army. I'm like, th- think about what you're saying right now. And then their rebuttal is if you can't do the little thing right, you're not going to do the big things right. And my rebuttal is if I don't have to worry about the stupid little shit, like if my boots weren't bloused to the third eyelet. I would have more brain power to make those more complex decisions in complex environments, which you want me to be in. You hired me to thrive in those situations. So quit wasting my time and my energy on insignificant stuff and let me contribute. Let me help you reach your end state by empowering me to help you. So that's hopefully what I plan to do as I progress through the ranks in the officer corps. Again, it is it is political. Obviously, there's things I can and can't do. Certain instances where my hands will be tied. But I'm hoping now with a little bit more, I don't want to use the word power, but a little more. Pull. Influence. Influence. There you go. That's a better word. I can influence it, hopefully, for the better. At least for my sphere. Obviously, now, I can't. You know,
1: <clears throat> so Yeah, what- Kind of ties back into our first episode. Would you say that's kind of your purpose or have you found one recently? I know you're always bouncing all over. Do you, I mean, yeah. you got projects out the ass, man. What, what would you say kind of yours is right now or why it is? Or-
2: so I'm, I'm kind of with Nelson. I mean, if you, depending on like your purpose, that purpose can change. But what, what I've of done lately in life is like I was talking about, is just zoom out. Just keep zooming out. Like, okay, I have this. I have this big of a window. What if I were to make this window this big? So for me, I think a few of my purposes, I would say, is to innovate. I like to experiment within reason, obviously. There's certain things through knowledge and through experience you realize, like, this is stupid. I can try it. It will work to some degree, but there are other ways out there that are more efficient, and I should just stick with that. So for me, I like the chase, the thrill, the hunt for something new, better, but simpler. I'm not, I'm not talking about making things more complex than they need to be. I'm talking about taking something that's super complex and simplifying it to a point to where it's more useful, easier to manufacture if it's a component, more sustainable, more lean of an operation. So that's one, to innovate. Two, I would say to influence, but it's not really like I don't want to force that influence. I just want to share my experience, my knowledge, what I've gained throughout life, take it for what it's worth, leave it, shit on it. I don't really care. I just want to present it. So I think at a certain point, I will write, like maybe an author and an autobiography to share share my story. Some people will be interested. Some people will be like, cool, it's just another dude. And then uh, the third is always a pursuit of knowledge. I'm telling you, it's always – like you said – I am like I will be pursuing something, and I'll be like, "Wow, that's interesting." So now I'm learning this much, and then I'm like, "Wow, that's interesting." So pretty soon, it does spiderweb, and it gets overwhelming at times. But I, I don't know. I'm one of those people that likes to be in a high stress environment, uh, just like overloaded all the time, which isn't beneficial all the time. But that's where I kind of flow is with a lot going on, too much going on, where the average person would shut down. I'm like this is awesome I can't accomplish everything but I'm progressing in all these different avenues so
1: and how did you how did you get there could you kind of just go like like obviously you didn't just wake up one day and say I can take on four degrees uh, this yeah. special forces training green to gold you know what I'm saying you didn't wake up and automatically capable of doing all this stuff
2: No, so I think the biggest turning point. So, of my three, well, I have four siblings, but three, um, regardless, I was always the fat one, the chubby one, the husky one, whatever you want to call it. My brother was born with abs. I'm like, good on you, dude. Not me. And I remember one day I was watching one of the Rocky movies, and I'm laying on the couch, you know, with like a freaking plate of sticks hot dogs on my gut, and I'm just like, I'm looking at this dude, I'm like, what the fuck?
1: Like, that dude's uh-huh. a human being just
2: like me, and that dude's shredded, and I'm <laughs> looking at my gut with these hot dogs sitting on him, and I'm like, what? If he can do that, I can do it too. So that's when I started jumping in the books, and believe it or not, it wasn't in nutrition. It was in you know, workout routines, and I, I would say I wasted a lot of time initially uh, in my pursuit for fitness. Because I, d- I was doing too much in the gym, not realizing how important nutrition, sleep, mm-hmm. different aspects like that were.
1: I don't think you're alone lot that one.
2: Right, yeah. I think a lot of people do, but there's so much out there. There's so much noise and chatter out there. It's hard to decipher what is worth mm-hmm. my time and not. What's a get-rich-quick get, rich quick, uh, get rich quick scheme and what's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once I kind of figured that out for myself, the fitness journey, the weightlifting, nutrition I took that success and I was like, well, if I can do it here, I can do it here. And uh, I didn't know anything about mechanicing when I graduated high school. I could change my oil and I changed an alternator. That was it and a tire. So I went to vocational school and my mom was like, you don't know anything about this. And I was like, I know that's why I'm going to learn. And we grew up very, very poor. And I had to take out a student loan. So for me, I was scared shitless because I owed you know, $35,000 to people. And I've never owed anyone anything, and I don't like to owe people anything. So went through this program, and I was there every day. I absorbed as much as I could. Graduate, I was the 13th person to graduate with a 4.0 and 100% uh, attendance from that program. And so it's kind of those, that snowball effect, that momentum we're talking about. Okay, I did this with fitness. Now I've done it with automotive, diesel, welding, and hydraulics. And then, like, where else can I continue to to roll this into? And it didn't – honestly, education, higher education didn't – it was always one of those things I'll, I'll get to it until I met Brittany. And one day in the barracks, we were going to the gym or so I thought. She's like, hey, jump in the car. We're going to go to the gym. So I'm sipping my free workout. She hangs a right instead of a left out of the parking lot, and I'm like, the gym's that way. And she knows that. I know she knows that. We end up at the educational center at Port Campbell. I'm like, what the fuck? She's like, go in and don't gotcha. come out till you're. Yeah, don't go, don't come out till you're enrolled in a class, motherfucker. A <laughs> yeah, so that's what I did, man. I started. Um, I helped Sam Rashke get started. Uh, I don't know if he's still pursuing it, but he was. Um, and you, I think you guys, Dayla was showing up right about that time.
1: And then when and I showed uh, up, you you proceeded to uh, kind of enforce that route because you were the one that definitely got me into uh, college. Actually, I'm planning to go into AMU again. So if I Mm. do end up there again, it did all start from you. And it kind of sounds like you kind of all got started from uh, Brittany, which is kind of funny. So if you could kind of go to her whenever you can next and just say, hey, look, you affected all, or at least me and Taylor, that would be kind of dupe. Just kind of send my thanks because it is definitely – you could see it through this whole conversation. You've been affected by her so tremendously because she cares – so so much about you or the greater good to where now she's got two more people under her on her side almost
2: yeah and that's that's kind of what we're talking about with that sphere of influence like the goal was not to make us better me and Brittany better as a couple it just happened we grow stronger as our sphere grows that sphere gets stronger and uh it's that influence that domino effect
1: and you eventually become unstoppable (laughs) yeah you eventually get enough people like this you're unstoppable
2: yeah. So for me, I've been enrolled in a college class since, shoot, 2015, 2014, literally every month since then. And I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. And Brittany's like, hey, you got a lot of training coming up. It's going to be pretty stressful. You should probably, you know, take a tactical pause, focus on that. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> we'll figure it so, out. Yeah. What, what? Grad school can't be that difficult. Yeah, so, come
1: on. <laughs> i'm
2: only going to middle school online yeah yeah uh, so anyways that's the long answer to your question
1: yeah no i appreciate it into that, that that far um Taylor or i guess i one more thing Then i'll let daylor talk for once maybe if i feel like it uh i see you're wearing your uh your tyga shirt uh, yeah can we dive into that that kind of background or that kind of information just so Later on, I'll watch yeah. this again, of course, and I'll be able to kind of follow almost almost a step-by-step guide, if you will. Uh, kind of provide that kind of if you could. That'd be great. If not, just uh, overall. Uh, All right. I'll try to keep this one a little bit more succinct.
2: So COVID hit. No surprise there, huh? Mm-hmm. Pandemic. Everything shut down. Uh, I wasn't going to work. I had a long, like a six to eight-month period where I was just twiddling my thumbs. Gyms were closed. I lost my mind. Cause I'm addicted. And I was like, I got to do something. And so I was like, let's uh, talking with Brittany. And I was like, let's start an LLC to learn the ins and outs of how small businesses operate within the U S because somewhere down the road, I'm sure that might be an Avenue we want to take. So that's what we did. We started looking, we were like, well, what do we want to do? And we couldn't really do much because of COVID. There was no like contact, especially living as far North as we were at the time. So I was like, "What about T-shirt business? Obviously, it's a super oversaturated market. Our own clothing line can be very difficult, especially from a marketing standpoint. Because knowing what I know now, marketing is like ninety-eight percent of what they do for the first, you know, who knows, five to ten years before they catch any kind of traction. They've already dug a hole so deep because they're, they've been paying for all these marketing schemes until it finally pays off, and then they have to." You know, over years, the return on investment to pay off that debt could be pretty significant. So anyways, we started this LLC. Um, There's a whole, I mean, there's just a whole lot of, it's actually really simple to start it. But once you start it, there's a lot that goes into it. So where are you going to sell your products? Is it online? Is it in stores? Is it to people out of state, in state? Because if you're selling out of state, you have this stuff called Nexus. And that's a certain amount of taxes you have to pay. Depending on that state. So let's say I'm in Texas and I want to sell to someone in New Mexico. I depending on how the state has their tax law set up, I would then have nexus there if I had any products stored or sold there. So I would have to pay taxes, their state taxes, as well as Texas state taxes. And that, I mean, just goes on and on and on. So then you have that whole beast in and of itself. Um, Then from there, you get into marketing. Brittany's a lot better at that. She's actually interested in marketing and is talking about uh, pursuing a marketing degree. Even though she has a master's, she's going back. So you can kind of see that pursuit of knowledge just between the two of us continues to go. Um, so that was really big to us. Then you obviously have to buy the product. So how do you buy the product? You have to buy blanks is what they call them. So you, you what kind of blanks you want to buy dictates the quality you're going to buy, dictates the price of that blank. But then they have these tax breaks. You can get a tax certificate number where you can buy these blanks and not pay taxes on them. But then you pay taxes on the end product. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, what else? Is there anything else? And, of course, there's something else. Because then you have – we're like, okay, well, we went this far. Let's let's get a trademark. So you can pay $3,000 for this lawyer to go over your trademark paperwork. Or you could do it yourself for $200. So maybe in me, I'm like, I'll just read and do it myself. And then I'm not kidding you when I'm telling you like a semicolon or a comma was out of place and they kick that shit back, you lose the two hundred dollars. Someone just saw what you had done, they cop they take that, they take your idea and they trademark it, then they're trying to sell it back to you. And I'm like, you gotta be shitting me right now. Like you literally just told my idea, but you put a comma when I didn't, and now you're trying to sell me my own fucking company? You're crazy, dude. Domain names, same way. You don't want to build a domain yourself. You have to pay someone to operate Squarespace. You have uh, Shopify, all these platforms that you have to get into. Those are monthly fees. I mean, I am telling you, when it's just stuff compounds one after the other, we had this uh, basically third party company that they would send our official paperwork to, and then they would send it to us. But since it went to them, we had some type of legal umbrella and i was like okay sounds like well i'm insurance. not
1: following the rules so no yeah.
2: <laughs> no i mean if you're sole proprietorship there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really apply to you when you start growing or expanding your business it gets very complicated very quick so so one thing so we... long story short oh, go ahead. long story short we ended up shutting the llc down and what we did – just to go through that process because we didn't want to keep – with the military moving and all that stuff, we didn't want to continue to go through all this, these processes, keeping up with taxes, stuff like that. We should have got a CPA. We didn't. We ended up getting hit with this. Like we sent something to the state, and we're like, hey, we're only selling on these platforms. These platforms pay our taxes on our behalf. And What do you need us to provide you with? They are like, nothing. You're good. So I'm like, cool. So we didn't submit anything. And then they're like, hey, you still had to submit this paperwork just with it stating that we didn't, you didn't have to submit anything. And I'm like, hold on. I literally had the email from you telling me I don't have to submit anything. But now you're telling me I have to submit it. Oh, and since I didn't submit it for these 18 months, I have to pay a penalty fee. And so it's just one of those things that it just – it's yeah. a lot, man. Yeah, it's like that system. will have to be your sole focus. And then, like, Gaylor would have to do the the podcast. There, there has to be someone in the back doing the book work.
1: So, the C- so what's the CPA for?
2: CPA is certified... Uh, Personal CPA accountant. Like Personal accountant, yeah. So if that, they would be able to handle, like, the book, your bookkeeping, make sure so, taxes are being paid.
1: At what point do I need to get a CPA? When, what, when do I hit a point where I need one?
2: So obviously I'm not a tax expert. Um, I'll preface it with that, but... It wouldn't hurt getting like an hour long sit down or something and ask them that question because they'll be able to be like, you could probably manage it up until this point, but if you grew to this mm-hmm. point or if you expanded to this point, you should probably consider having some professional hey, advice.
1: Hey, Daylor, uh, surprise, surprise, I know a guy, so we might there be over. I was
2: going to say, they all
3: got to probably do free consults. I no, think. I- A lot of lawyers. My
1: brother, one of my brother's best friends, CPA. Oh, shit. So